morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 18th of August. Now, market doing pretty well today, considering what happened in the US. US market was down 282. At one point, it was down 500 points. So there is a bit of volatility coming back into the market again, which is a bit of a warning sign. We've had a bit of a range today, down 41 and up 22. So a 63-point range, currently up 6. The futures this morning were down 34. S&P and NASDAQ down 0.7 and 0.9. Iron ore was down 1.7%. Oil down 0.7%. Nothing really very positive going on. Even gold down $2. Copper price down 2.1% as well. Bitcoin down 3%. There really is nothing much going up. And the Aussie dollar, if the Aussie dollar is a barometer of economic optimism, then economic optimism optimism isn't too flash. 72.55 at the moment. But of course, the big story of the day was BHP. I'll come to that in a minute. Share price down 7.9% in ADR form. Rio down one. 0.5 BHP announced results and the main reason for the move today the stock is down 6.3% in our market today is not because there's anything wrong with the results but because they have abandoned their dual listing structure with the UK, which simplifies things on a number of levels and also finally releases the UK listing from the Australian listing. And as their shareholder, Elliot, has been pushing for, the combined listing has held down the UK price and held up the Australian price. So overnight, the UK price jumped 8% and the Australian price has dropped 6%. No change to the company just to the listing structure. I will get back to that in a minute. Just another couple of quick things on the market. In the strategy piece today, I've put a chart of the ASX 200 with its 14, 26, 50 and 100 day moving averages in there. All the averages, moving averages in the right place at the moment, short term ones above the long term ones. Technically, what I'm saying is the market is still in an uptrend, even though we may be having a bit of a wobble in the last 24 hours. But I've also put in a long term chart of of the ASX 200 since 1990 and there is absolutely no doubt we have blown out the top of the long-term trading range at the moment and we seem to be setting ourselves up for a fall but as I've said many times it's not happening yet and history tells us there is absolutely no point selling in anticipation on fear alone you really need to wait for some technical evidence in other words for the market to tip over until then this money printing rally could go on for years. So just leave it alone for the moment. No major stories overnight. Delta creep, as Chris called it. Weak Chinese data a couple of days ago. Afghanistan, which is just unspeakably horrible. Biden's approval rating is hitting you low. Afghanistan doesn't seem to be affecting the equity markets at all. Probably seen 633 cases in New South Wales. 67 in ACT, up from 45. So getting explosive there. More cases is there than there are here, 24 in Victoria. You do wonder which state you could start taking a book and running a book on which state will abandon the COVID zero policy first, although the federal government has said there is no COVID zero policy, but clearly at a state level, and that's where it matters, there is a more optimistic or is that futile or unrealistic mindset and the economy is going to continue to pay the price at a state level whilst COVID zero is still the target. 
it. Yet here we are at record highs in the equity market whilst the economy is effectively in a corner getting constantly punched. And as we're in results season at the moment, you'll see there are a number of companies, pandemic beneficiaries reporting fabulous results. So as yet, these most recent lockdowns are not turning up in the results numbers, or rather the economic damage that these lockdowns are inflicting is not turning up in the company results as yet. Although there was an interesting set of results from Breville Group yesterday. They are a pandemic beneficiary, there is no doubt. Stocks on a P of 40 around 40 times. Long-term average is almost half that, 23 times. Profit was up 42%, EBIT up 24%. But they cut their dividend by 34%, dropped their payout ratio from 70% to 40% as they build working capital. And that's despite having $130 million in cash on the balance sheet. It seems they are preparing for the pandemic boom to end. And they talked about the year ahead being a transitional year. 2022 is a transitional year. And the AFR wrote this up as company warning about potential turbulence in the year ahead as consumers start spending on services rather than coffee makers, air fryers and blenders. The point being that this is a company trying to keep realistic expectations and not pump things up at the top. They clearly anticipate that as we get over COVID and the economy reopens, people are not going to be buying lots of household goods. They're going to be going on holiday and doing things they haven't been doing for the last 18 months or more, is it now? And they're trying to warn us about that. Of course, the share price takes a bit of a dent on the back of that, falling 7.6% yesterday and on a P of 4 the share price was always going to suffer a bit of damage, but better that than they produce disappointing results next time around. It's actually a fairly conservative and prudent bit of company guidance. And you do wonder whether other pandemic beneficiaries aren't going to see the same impact the moment the economy reopens, which of course doesn't look like it will at the moment. But when it does, some of these pandemic beneficiaries really will be reporting some of their best results this results season. And to price the stock on the expectation that that's going to continue endlessly is erroneous. Anyway, interesting that Breville said that. Meanwhile, other beneficiaries, notably Domino's, have have results today. They're up 5.5%. And PWR, which is Peter Warren Automotive, hasn't been listed that long. They're up 5% as well today. They issued a trading update ahead of results saying they've seen unusually strong market conditions in May and June. So the pandemic beneficiaries are still benefiting at the moment. And we've also written up today ARB Corp. ARB didn't really move on results yesterday. They had had a pre-results trading update a month ago. The stock was up 17% since then ahead of the results. So they would have had to be really good results to pop the share price even further. But they're on a record share price. Again, PE of 40 times against the long-term average of half that. Net profit doubled. Trend is good. Their market never looked so good. Emma and I thought about doing some grey nomading recently, blonde nomading as she called it, and went to look at caravans. Do you know that there is now an over 12-month lead time on buying a new caravan. Holidaying in Australia or domestic driving is a very strong theme. The way things are going with COVID, it could remain that way for another year or years. So maybe ARB isn't a sell yet. Doesn't look like a buy on that PE. But you can see what Breville's trying to say is don't expect this to go on forever. Funny thing is it could. (laughs) 
So just beware of getting excited about pandemic beneficiaries on good results. This could be as good as it gets. Although if these lockdowns carry on, there could be another good six months ahead as well. You might have seen Qantas has enforced a vaccination policy. Frontline staff must be vaccinated by November. SPC Ard Mona. And no doubt many more corporates will follow as soon as they get the legal green light in imposing a no jab, no work policy. I think they might have got that wrong. If you impose a no jab, no work policy, that's only okay if you can sack people for not getting a jab. But if you can't, then maybe your policy should be no jab, must work in the office policy. So if you get a jab, you can carry on working at home. But nobody who's had the double jab wants to go to work with people who can't be bothered to get a jab. So rather than send the jabbed people back to work, maybe you send the unjabbed people back to work. That might give them a bit of an incentive. Speaking as someone who's been double jabbed along with Emma, the risk is if you have a no jab, no turning up to work policy, no one's going to get jabbed. Other quick things, CBA has launched its step pay, buy now, pay later solution. Uh, Royal Bank of New Zealand got spooked by a new COVID case and it seems in 24 hours, have decided not to raise rates. Rates were at 0.25%. They say today's reintroduction of level four restrictions to activity across New Zealand is a stark example of how unpredictable and disruptive the virus is proving to be. The committee agreed that their least regrets policy stance is to further reduce the level of monetary policy so as to anchor inflation expectations and contribute, continue to contribute to maximum sustainable employment. Probably shouldn't have read the whole of that sentence. Anyway, point is, COVID is driving mon- monetary policy at a central bank level on a daily basis now. Other quick thing, buy now, pay later player Sezzle fell 14.8% on results yesterday, down another 5% today. Of course, the whole idea with buy now, pay later was that they didn't really have a bad debt problem and that people would pay. It turns out that Sezzle's bad debts are a significant issue and they've made a provision for uncollectible amounts, which is a provision for 13.8 million US dollars when revenue was just 27 $8 million. It turns out that of the money taken in by merchants through Sezzle's buy now, pay later system, 3.4% of that money isn't paid or people are not paying or 3.4% of people are just using it and presumably deciding at the outset they're not going to bother paying. Suddenly, credit cards are looking not so bad. The other buy now, pay later businesses are also apparently seeing significant bad debts now as well. Right, results flooding in. Before I get to BHP, results flooding in. Woodside's results a bit below expectations. Domino's have put their dividend up 64%, profit up 29%. Significant store rollout going on. They have been a major pandemic beneficiary. Share price hits a record high. Coles slightly up on results. CSL share price goes above $300 on results. Results, and they say they're expecting 2 to 5% revenue growth next year, which may well be conservative depending on the pandemic and depending on plasma collections. Less pandemic, more collections. And as I mentioned, Peter Warren Automotive Holdings, PWR, has a trading update. The Australian automotive market is strong. What else is there to do but browse carsales.com and accessorize on arb.com.au. Right, the big story of the day is BHP. I won't run through it all, but suffice it to say... 
BHP shareholders are going to end up with some shareholdings in a merged Woodside and BHP oil and gas company, which will be worth, what was it, 40, have I got that right, 41 billion. BHP shareholders get 48% of the company. BHP is becoming squeaky green, as I've called it, getting rid of their ESG unfriendly assets. They're also abandoning this dual listed structure. A little bit complex, but there's a one-off adjustment. UK share price up, Aussie share price down. Otherwise, results were good, better than expected dividends, strong production for guidance for next year. We'll probably see some earnings upgrades tomorrow, if not today. One UK broker I saw up their target price from US dollars for the US listing US dollars 45.67 up to 60.41 but all you want to know of course is whether BHP is a buy or a sell and the conclusion has to be that it is definitely a hold it is amazingly if you Henry and I have written up BHP today tag teaming brilliantly and if you look in there the chart of BHP shows its long-term average PE currently at 9.1 times which is well below the long-term average of 15.1 times over the last 10 years and 18.6 times over the last 20 years. It's got a yield of 9.1% this year, 6% next year on the forecast. It's got a dividend coming up. It's got the demerger with Woodside, which is going to release some value. There's around $400 million worth of Sinji benefits putting those two together. Once this dual listing adjustment is out of the way, if the iron ore price holds up, BHP is a solid hold, certainly ahead of the dividend, even if the iron ore price comes off a bit and it remains our preferred pick there's lots of stuff written on it have a read of our section on bhp for those interested it's a fairly historic day for bhp of most interest perhaps is this statement on cultural values bhp is not waiting for government they are leading the way to a greener world rather than being the biggest culprit they want to be the australian leader on positioning for an esg future and this is the beginning of it empowered as they are with cash from the arnor boom in the last year or so they have flexibility and an open mind and they're going to get on with it. Interesting stuff. Right, with so many results coming in, there are 30 today that I've counted so far. With so many results coming in, Henry and I are going to take them on one by one, or rather three by three. Apart from BHP today, we've written up three results from yesterday, Breville, ARB, and Magellan Financial Group, and you can have a look at those in the newsletter today. I won't run through them all with our conclusions, but results do de-risk a company for three to six months. Far better you buy a stock that's gone up on results than you buy a stock before results and take the risk that it falls over. So even though you might miss the first day, the first pop or the first drop on the first day, results are a great time to stop and reassess whether your stocks are worthy investments, medium term or long term, and whether the stocks you hold or don't hold rather are worth considering as a buy. Results reactions often stop start or confirm or set the trend for the next few months. So the day after results is a good time to reassess. And whilst we can't possibly do every stock, we are going to pick three stocks a day. At least that's our promise today. No, it's not a promise. Never promise anything in the newsletter business. Our intention is to cover three stocks a day, stocks that we pick that are of interest and write them up post results, including commentary charts, PE, that sort of stuff. 
So we're effectively doing a buy, hold, sell every day on three stocks. And today we've done BRG, as I say. Results were good, but not good enough. They fell 7.6% on results. Look like they've topped out high PE, but the long-term trend's good. They are a pandemic beneficiary and some brokers seem to like it. It is a buy on weakness. And if you technically look at that, then against a share price of around 30 bucks, you'd probably be looking at 27 bucks as a buying level, assuming the market's behaving. We've done MFG as well. MFG's got a yield of 6.8% gross. That's the only attraction. Trend isn't good. Share price trend, that is. The market rather overreacted yesterday. The share price fell 10.2% to a drop in performance fees. They, of course, have been beaten up by Chinese crackdown on technology stocks, which saw the Chinese market drop and they've got exposures there. That's hurt performance, hurt performance fees, but their performance fees are, or rather their run-of-the-mill management fees are 20 times, 10 to 20 times, depending on the performance fee, 10 to 20 times their performance fees. So a drop in performance fees might be a bit disappointing to some, but it is run-of-the-mill for a fund manager. They can't outperform every day of the year or every quarter of the year, and Magellan haven't. So still a quality stock, but is also a bit of a high beta stock if the market falls falls over, it falls harder. If the market rallies, it rallies harder, although it hasn't done that recently. I think a buy at the right price for income would be the recommendation there. Long-term average PE, 24, currently 22, not expensive. Feel the yield. And ARB, I've sort of touched on, looks expensive, but their market very strong at the moment. Solid ROE, around 20%. Looks expensive, but until the trend, the share price trend changes, why worry? Not a lot of yield there. And that that's about it. Right, chasing our tails today, as always, in the results season. As I leave you, Dow Futures giving us nothing down four points. Our market was up 22, now up nine, which is pretty good performance considering BHP is down 6.6%. All the banks are up today. Westpac up 1.7%. Lithium stocks just continue their quiet slide. Domino's up 6.8% on results. Amcor up 3% on results. Fisher & Paykel Healthcare up 2.5% on results. CSL down 1.9% on results. Netwealth down 5.8% on results. Bapcor down 3.1% on results. And there are a host of smaller results as well. That's about that. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.